I want, I want, I want me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. You know you're responsible for what you hear. You know you're responsible for what you hear. Welcome to Thoughts from Meharry Head, the podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 139 of Thoughts from Meharry Head, and I appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to talk about legislative strategy. Okay, congratulations. You made it through the intro without turning it off. That's good because I know some of you heard me say legislative strategy and you went, oh my God, boring. I promise this isn't going to be boring. It's going to be very interesting. In fact, I'm going to step on some libertarian purist toes today. So that's always fun. You know, it's always good to offend somebody. I try to offend somebody in every episode. So uh, this week, the crosshairs are on the libertarian purists who can never support any piece of legislation because it's never good enough. Now, those of you who have followed me for any amount of time know that I am definitely a purist when it comes to principle. And I catch a lot of crap from people because I won't let politicians off the hook when they violate the Constitution. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I've gotten my share of nasty emails from Trump supporters over the last several months because I have been consistently pointing out where Trump fails to abide by uh, his constitutional duties. And if the Constitution is the highest law of the land, then I believe it needs to be upheld uh, every time. No exceptions, no excuses. But when it comes to legislative strategy, working at the state level, I'm actually surprisingly compromising. That's because if you're going to do anything in the political sphere when it comes to passing legislation, it's all about compromise. And you're going to have to compromise if you're going to get anything done. Now, this is very, very difficult for the libertarian purist because they want the perfect bill. And I know people out there who think that no piece of legislation is ever good enough. Uh, broadly speaking, I think one issue that comes up a lot is marijuana legalization. And I'll get, well, I don't want legalization. I want complete decriminalization. I want the government out of it and no taxes on marijuana. And I'm not supporting this legalization. Well, you're not going to get complete decriminalization. I'm sorry, that's not a politically viable option. And the fact of the matter is, I mean, there are taxes and, and regulations on virtually everything. I don't know why you would think all of a sudden marijuana is going to be any different. So it's absurd to say I'm not going to support legalization, which will at least make it so that people aren't locked in a cage for having a plant. I don't know why you would not support that because you want something bigger. 
and, and I'm not saying you shouldn't want something bigger, and I'm not saying that shouldn't be the ultimate goal, but if you are going to get anything done in a legislator in a legislature, you're going to have to be able to compromise. And you have to be able to look at things uh, in, in incremental victories. And this is where the left has been a lot better than the right. Uh, the right, you know, and I think it is because there is this desire to hold the principle. The right is not very good at uh, political incrementalism. But no matter what you think about it, it works. Because we didn't get to where we are today with one big passage of some bill. I mean, we got all of this... Uh, overreaching, overburdening government one little step at a time because people on the left are willing to take those small steps. And the truth of the matter is, if we're going to do anything within the legislative system, we're going to have to do it small steps at a time to get back. And that's what we're doing at the Tenth Amendment Center, and it works. But oftentimes we are confronted with these libertarian purists who, who are an impediment and a roadblock to what we're trying to do. I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, not too long ago, marijuana was legalized for medical use in Utah. Now, if you had told me two years ago that there would ever be medical marijuana in Utah, I would have laughed at you. I would have said, there's no way this is ever going to happen. And yet here we are. Now, Connor Boyack, uh, a well-known liberty activist in the state of Utah, runs the Libertas Institute. He was instrumental in getting this medical marijuana bill passed. But I've heard people People on the libertarian uh, and, and conservative spectrum, people who would who who should really be cheering this, say no, well, no, Connor's a sellout because he did a lot of compromising and negotiating with various stakeholders in order to get this bill passed. Now, if Connor had not done this, there would not be any medical marijuana legalized in the state of Utah. Again. Consider this. People in Utah can now access medical marijuana where before they could not. People who can use this to treat various illnesses can get it and not be locked in a cage. They can access this medicine and not have to worry about going to jail thanks to Connor. That, to me, is a win, even if the bill isn't perfect. And I will be the first person to admit that the bill is not perfect. Now, I haven't heard this in a while, but this used to be a big thing with Campaign for Liberty. They would say that uh, a, quote, watered-down bill, they like to, to use that term a lot, watered-down, a watered-down bill, all it did was give these politicians political cover. Maybe it does, but here's the thing. These watered-down bills almost always lead to something bigger and better down the road. It's the old foot-in-the-door technique that they used to teach in sales. If you can just get your foot right in the door, just slide it in there a little bit, then you can bust the door wide open. And this happens all the time. I have seen many, many pieces of legislation passed that were very limited in scope initially. People are like, well, this doesn't really do a whole lot. You know, I don't even know if we should support it. And then a few years down the road, you see the law expand. I'll give me another example. Florida, legalized medical marijuana. Initially, when it was legalized, you could not smoke marijuana. That was not part of the equation. So a lot of people were like, oh, well, you know, you can't even smoke marijuana. This bill didn't do anything. Well, in this last legislative session, uh, the Florida legislature just passed a bill legalizing smoking medical marijuana, and uh, I believe it will be signed by the governor. So there you go. Foot in the door. Expand. See, you have to use smart political strategy, and again, you're not going to get any argument out of me 
about the importance of holding on to our ultimate principles. Those always have to be kept in the forefront. They have to be kept top of mind. But we also have to be smart in how we're approaching things if we want to get things done practically within the system as it exists. Murray Rothbard has a quote. I love this quote. He says, Libertarians must come to realize that parroting ultimate principles is not enough for coping with the real world. So yeah, we need those ultimate principles, but they're not enough to cope with the real world. If we want to bring about real change, if we want to make it so people aren't getting locked in cages, then we have to learn how to use good strategy within the legislative system. Thomas Jefferson and James Madison gave us a great example of this when they were fighting the Alien and Sedition Acts. As you probably know, they wrote the Kentucky and Virginia Resolutions of 1798, which laid out the principles of nullification. They basically made the case that the states could step up and take action to nullify or thwart or interpose to stop these unconstitutional actions. Now, on November 17, 1798, just a week after passage of the Kentucky Resolutions, those are the ones that Jefferson wrote, he sent a draft to James Madison along with the letter. And he wrote, quote, I enclosed you a copy of the draught of the Kentucky Resolves. I think we should distinctly affirm all the important principles they contain so as to hold to that ground in the future and leave the matter in such a train as that we may not be committed absolutely to push the matter to extremities and yet may be free to push as far as events will render prudent. So basically what Jefferson was saying is that we've laid out these principles, we should hold to them firmly, hold our ground in the future, but leave the strategic matters in such a way as that we're not committed absolutely to push things to extremes, but we remain free to push as far as events will render prudent. It was a pragmatic approach. Jefferson was saying, we're going to push as hard as we can in a way that will help us accomplish the goals that we have. I like to use the analogy of a loaf of bread. We'd all love to have a loaf of bread. If we're hungry, we certainly would like to have a big, fat, warm loaf of bread. But a slice of bread is better than no bread at all. And there are too many activists out there, especially keyboard warriors, who don't want that slice of bread. No, we're not going to take a slice of bread. We're going to throw it down and stomp on it unless we get the whole loaf. We want a loaf. We're loaf people, not slice people. Well, let me tell you something. You get one slice, and then you get another slice, and then you get another slice, and pretty soon you have a whole loaf of bread. So, Strategy is very important legislatively. You have to learn to take what you can get when you can get it while keeping those ultimate principles always in the forefront as we fight for liberty. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from Meharry Head. We're another 10 minutes closer to freedom. I really appreciate you listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor and spread the word. Uh, you're welcome to send me any thoughts or ideas to michael.meharry at 10th amendmentcenter.com. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast over at iTunes. And that's it. I'll talk to you next time.